The Say Something Podcast is brought to you by a momentwithmorris.com and blackblueprints.com. That's blackblueprints with a Z.com. I'm Jermaine Morris here with the one and only Mr. Barry Axis. Yes, sir. We are back with the newest episode of the Say Something Podcast. Say something, say something, say something. Talk about everything going on in the life and the world and the traffic out here in these here streets. In these cool, cool streets. I felt that one. That was a remix. That's it. Bringing you episode number 83 to you. Bye-bye. Slap you across your jawline with it. One time. <laughs> I highlight a special individual for this episode. Oh, we got, who we got, who we got. Okay, this brother, he's still with us. And a legend and an icon in the business. And though those words get thrown around way too frequently now, addressing these newcomers, it definitely applies to to this brother. Uh, Been in the game in the radio for forever. And uh, he did his morning drive over 30 years, uh, Billboard Award for best radio personality as well as best program director of the year uh, he's a son of a record shop owner mm-hmm. and at the age of 15 he, he started to uh, he started to dabble and get into radio and he did uh, eight years in Detroit started 15 and eight years in Detroit before moving to, to DC in 1977 and at that era in DC it was making that shift that change from the uh, disco sound to what they refer to now as uh, urban contemporary he was there and in 1981 he got a uh, he got the head nod to go on to, to do TV where he was the backup anchor on the uh, George Michael sports machine nice. if you're a little longer in the tooth you might remember that one and from there he got a he got a good look where he was uh, drafted more or less you say by uh, Bob Johnson to come over to a program that he when he was launched in Black Entertainment Television. From then, from 1983 to 1997, he hosted uh, a program where he interviewed everybody from Stevie Wonder, Prince, Elton John, Aretha Franklin, Tupac, Whitney Houston, James Brown. Jay-Z, Smokey Robinson, everybody. Like, that was the perennial show that you went to. That was our American bandstand. And those Soul Train was where you went to for, for the dance aspect. When you wanted to get the real information, to sit down interviews, this was the dude and this was the show. The show was Video Soul. Huh. The man, a 2004 BET Walk of Fame inductee, a 2015 Rhythm and Blues Music Hall of Fame inductee. After he left the program on TV, he returned to radio where he is still killing it in the game today. A true legend, a true icon in the biz. Shout out one time to Mr. Donnie Simpson. Donnie. Boy, I learned some dance moves back then. Oh, Donnie Donnie is is still the OG for radio. Oh, for sure. I mean, just... Just had a smooth delivery. He, every every interview he did, you thought that he went to high school with him. Yeah. Like it was such a laid back, such a, just a real cool vibe that it was just like everybody who came on the show, even if it was the first time they ever met, it was the first time they was on the couch, uh, whether it be you know, Full Force and Jodeci and New Edition and everybody who was on the couch, you just thought that. And it was either Donnie was their friend from, from sophomore year or he was Uncle Donnie at, at all the family functions. He just has such a smooth delivery and a great way of making people feel comfortable and at home. And he was 
you know, he was our Dick Clark, our yeah. our Carson Daly, our Ryan Seacrest, our you know, our dude that where we went to to hear you know our stories about our people on a network at the time, which which was focused you know and geared towards us. I don't know what they do it on BET now, but but when Donnie was there, it was you know it was real. It was definitely real. You know, shout out to the young man Donnie, man. Ain't a young man, but still a young man, if you know what I'm oh, talking yeah. about. Oh yeah, Donnie's still still young. He 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 still he still take your girl, your mama, and get your grandma winking. Ha, you hello. <laughs> Donnie with the green eyes. What's been going on with you, man? Man, look at here, brother. There's a lot of stuff going on. You know, we got our summer nights of impact in a full effect, July thirteenth. By the time folks hear this, this will be up and running. We'll be rocking out. Um, you know, getting the youth engaged, getting the youth empowered, and getting the youth employed. Very important. Getting the youth them dollars. So, you know, we got our pro- our program again. Of course, you'll be out there. The rest of the team will be out there. And just a lot of building. You know, we got the Hidden Gems thrift store. We know we're putting that together. That's the third, what's good, our third month. We've uh, gr- Congratulations for the third month. See, you got to, okay. Hey, we are. Hey, really. But, you know, I mean, so it's just been a lot of, you know, building, man, building. Um, Fourth of July weekend came. Yeah. Right? And, you know, just before we touch on silly shit, silly Negroes do, because there's a lot of silly shit, silly Negroes do. Okay. Let's just, let's just segue into just a silly Negro uh, uh, um, shit for a minute, because there's a few different things I yeah. want to just piggyback on. And one of the things is, I don't really understand the whole 4th of July concept. Okay. I do, but I don't, right? In this age where your history and the truth is but a click away, yeah. how black people still embrace this so-called independence, right? Um, 1776, if, 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 yeah, you know, if my, my dates are correct, yeah. July 4th, 4, was when um, you know, America was declared for their independence after fighting the American Revolution, correct? Yeah. All right, so far. The Negroes weren't free during that time, were they? Now about a century later, <laughs> when they finally got around to 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 address it to dressing us. So now, let me believe in what and give me if, if please give me with the right the right dates in eighteen sixty five, right? Yeah, which was Juneteenth, yes. right? Where it was official. The Negro was proclaimed to be free. Yeah, where the last state got on board when the Texas. state of Texas, yep, finally was the last ones. Like, all right, <laughs> we good. Yeah, that was right. like, all right, man. And this is after fighting the Civil War. This is all North this is, and South and all that, yeah. right? This wasn't um, when just Abraham Lincoln proclaimed it, but this it has this to, is when the, when the last state finally, the last state finally, finally said, said it was good, right. you know. And and we already we'll know why, yeah. The content of that, yeah, the after effect, right? Because it wasn't like Negroes was able to just to go ahead and live their precious lives, reconstruction, uh, black redlining, all that stuff, you yeah. know, cross sharecropping. Although, yeah, uh, the list goes on. They call right? it the century of torment that came after. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, I had so many people, mind you, I had to school someone as well, an Asian girl. I was in a Gucci store, and I know Nichols is going to sit there and say, Barry, what was you doing in a Gucci store? Barry was in a Gucci store. T.I.'s 
uh, boycott is over with. I wasn't going to buy Gucci. I just like sometimes going in and checking out stuff. But I wasn't a Gucci, so I was checking it out. Okay. I mean? Let's just blame it on my daughter's birthday coming up, right, July 9th. And she said, happy 4th of July. I said, why should I say happy 4th of July back? We ain't. I, I wasn't free. My ancestors wasn't free. Yeah. And then she said something that was, I think, really, really uh, stunning, but not really to me out of the ordinary because her response is exactly the response I believe other folks have. But when I said I don't celebrate it's that. It's America's Day. Well, and I know it was funny. <laughs> she said when I schooled her about our ancestors not being free and yeah. so on and so forth. She said, well, that's your opinion. I said, that's my opinion. I said, these are facts. Yeah. That's when I really realized that it's not necessarily the fact that Negroes celebrate 4th of July because it's Americans' independence. It's the simple fact that Negroes don't truly know the history. And it's a day off, barbecue, fireworks. It's a barbecue, fireworks, and anything for black people to feel like we're engaged in this patriotic game, as I like to call it keeps them happy, keeps them firm. And the conformity of our comfortability for us saying happy Independence Day, for us claiming and bringing out the red, white, and blue colors and just acting as if, you know, we're in going to get the old Navy 4th of July t-shirts and, you yeah. know, walking around prideful and looking at the fireworks. Let me know we adopt the ignorance more or less than the truth because it's better and safer for us to pretend that this holiday is for us instead of us moving and navigating in a way where we can truly be free and celebrating June 19th. And what I looked at it is June 19th truly was, well, you know, of course we still had those issues afterwards, was truly the time when we were allowed to feel free. We rarely celebrate it. We don't talk about it. And what you find out as no one else cares about it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Everybody cares about 4th of July, but nobody cares about June 19th. No, and I remember when the day I, I came across several Caucasians that day who didn't even know what Juneteenth was, had never heard of it. And they're grown. The, the youngest of the group was probably mid-20s, and the oldest was probably just under 40. And they had had a conversation amongst themselves. And then when they saw me, they were like, you, you know what Juneteenth is? And I was like, yeah. And as I started to explain it, it was like, oh, okay, well, I figured you'd know. And I was like, what, you didn't? And they all had blank stares. Yeah. And so they were like, they felt somewhat awkward out of place because I was the only black person in this little 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 little, 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 little moment. And I was like, well, you care about what you care about. Mm -hmm. So Juneteenth has no real relevance to you, probably any more than Mexican Independence Day does. Yeah. So I know Latinos who celebrate the 4th of July. They cook up the carne asada. They do fireworks and all that. But when September rolls around, they recognize their Mexican Independence Day. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, every group's got their thing. Yes. We're just the ones that don't recognize ours like we should. Not, Not saying no. that nobody does, but we don't do it like we should. We don't, brother. Let me tell you something. Pride Day. Pride Month. Deep. Heavy. And I'm not mad at it. Yeah. I'm more mad that we can't get on that same page oh, or that God. same level. What they've done in 20 years is astounding. And <laughs> I mean, speaking real, on real. that 20 years, right? 
they have forced us to identify with it in, in our own community here in Sacramento, for those who don't know if they're listening other places in the East Coast, and let us know if this is happening in your city. You have downtown in our midtown, midtown with um, the rainbows. That's yeah. a midtown pride. Lavender Heights. Yeah. Right? So you got that as well as what they've done now. Not only are they commercializing this this month, this day, right? They are creating a brand where now, before you can be like, all right, whatever, I'm not going to go to the Pride Parade whatever, Day, yeah. whatever. But now you're going to go into your Macy's and you're going to see Pride. You're going to see his shirts. You're going to see them right full in front of you in every area where now it's not just the, the gay district, it's actually the whole city yeah. or county that's embracing it and and um, adopting the rainbow for that day. Took for that the rainbow straight from Lucky Charms. They didn't, and, they didn't just, yeah, like it, it doesn't even belong to Lucky Charms no it more. It doesn't you associate this is what I'm saying and, and, and I and I don't knock the hustle. Because in twenty twenty five years they have taken something that was the symbol of the Irish Something that was the symbol of, you know, leprechauns and good luck. It was when you saw a rainbow, it was the pot of gold. They took something that had a century, centuries worth of branding. You know, the, the, the leprechaun with the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, that's been the go to for forever. In 20, 25 years, they didn't just snatch that. They didn't just say, no, the rainbow's ours. Like, if you see the rainbow somewhere, no one's thinking luck of the Irish. Not at all. When you see the rainbow, they're like, oh, okay, I know exactly what that is. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, I don't knock the hustle because they were they were precise. They, they were organized. They knew what they wanted, had a strong agenda. Everybody, you know, kept formation. And stuck to the mother effing plan. That's it. No, nobody broke team. Nobody went out for self. When when one person got hit, they 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 rallied around and circled the wagons and made sure that they got them, you know, on on the bounce back. So I mean, that type of organization, you gonna prosper. And you and you have pride being associated with the gay agenda. Yeah. And when I say that, meaning we can say African pride, and that don't have no validity compared to mm-hmm. pride. Like they've literally taken a word, they've taken. This idea, this rainbow, like we said, Lucky yeah. Charms. That's what I remember. The, yeah, the, the rainbow. Okay, so how many? What year was was the 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 RBG? When did they make that that the 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 formal flag? Um, was it fifty two? So let let me let me be generous it? and call it sixty. But, just for the because, sake of discussion, because it's Marcus Garvey yeah. who produced it. Yeah, and so I believe it was in nineteen fifties. I okay. believe so. Well, I'm just trying to even be generous. Like I said, we so call it fifty five. Okay. So from 1955 to 2019, if you showed the, the, the red, the black, the green, the RBG flag, most Americans wouldn't know what it was. <laughs> they were, is that Jamaica? Is that is that a, is that Uganda? Mm. Is that I don't know. Paraguay. I don't know. Is that some 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 flag? It's not. It, it hasn't been branded. Mm. And we're starting at 1955. Uh, they didn't got this rainbow going strong since about eighty eight. Yeah, like I mean, they didn't. They and I don't even remember in the eighties there being one. But yeah. I'm just being let's just say conservative ninety. They they have, they have been really moving with purpose. And 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 just um to keep in calm, you know, content. 
the RBG flag, um, the black power flag, as a lot of folks like to call it, is a Pan-African, um, you know, Pan-African flag. Yeah. And, you know, that Pan-African alliance was, you know, blacks yeah. from Jamaica to Haiti to, to, to America. Yeah. All under one significant flag, one ideology. Yeah. Because if we know our our history and understand the, the contents that we want to stick to, the continents in Africa, these are countries. Yeah. Right. And as we have different states here in this country, California has its own flag. Um, you know, New that's York part of has every nation. That's has part a flag. of every nation and has yeah. a flag. And so yeah. our thing was what the RBG called the Black Power flag, the Pan African flag, which it originated from, was the red, black, and green flag. And that, my friend, gives you more stares, more distaste, and a symbol, really, of racial uh, interruption. When I say racial interruption, follow me for a second. It interrupts that calm rationale black person and that engaging um white separatists that says oh my freaking god these niggas is trying to have a revolution right yeah. so it makes white black folks uncomfortable that just really don't want to be associated with something that's black power based Look around with all that black shit. exactly and then it makes the white folks uncomfortable saying well shoot you guys are being racist that negro's aggressive more offsetting than the Confederate flag, where you'll find uh, a lot of the American citizens who sit and say, "Oh no, that 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 the the flag is is a representation of Southern pride. That it is a representation of the Southern states and culture." Uh, if you go for what it really means, is is that the 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 rebel flag, the the you know everybody know Dukes of Hazzard on top of the car. You know when yeah. you see it. Is that that is the flag of the losers, mm. the, the dissenters who went against the United States government. Treason is yeah. what they call it. It's, it's like they tried to overthrow the existing government and put together a faction to to align with each other, to try to overthrow the government and to be their own entity. Treason. Mm. And that is the flag of losers. Yes. And so to sit there and say that I'm going to rep this flag because it represents my heritage, my culture, it represents my ideals and my beliefs. Uh, that should be very telling of who you who, who you're talking to. And you're saying that, you know, it had nothing to do with slavery. Mm, that's a part of the culture. Yeah. It had nothing to do with oppression. Mm, that's that was strong in the culture at the yeah. time. So it had nothing to do with, you know, Herman people and this and that. It's just about Southern values and Southern ways. Well, part of Southern values and Southern ways was rooted in the oppression, the murder, the, the rape, the plundering and pillaging of Africans in the time period. And we celebrate the 4th of July as if none of this shit ever happened. Just to keep content because we want to make sure that we're correct on some of our our uh, verbiage and, and, you know, some of the information because we don't want folks running around here. Well, we heard from yeah. say something that it was this. 1920, August 13th, 1920. Um, that was kind of That's the even more disrespectful. That is almost a century, and it's not a an established brand. Yeah. So it, it was adopted <laughs> the Pan African flag, the yeah, red, <laughs> the black, the green. It was established then, um, and of course designed by Marcus Garvey. And yeah. uh, you know, when when you go back and you really look at it, we have distinguished this flag. To be a powerful yeah. um, symbol for our black heritage, 
but it still hasn't been embraced collectively. Um, black people are more annoyed by sometimes us trying to adopt this alternative compared to like, well, what's wrong with, with the, that black shit? Yeah, yeah, what's wrong with the red, white, blue <laughs> flag yeah. with the stars? I fought for my country. You know, Niggles is still saying, well, um, you know, Star Stamangle Banner, my, my, my granddaddy fought for the country. So, doesn't mean that you have to still stand because the Star Spangled Banner, the shit's a racist song. I mean, it has shit, yeah. nothing to do with us. So it's sad. It's sad that we continue to allow ourselves to normalize behavior of, of, of crazy folks with this 4th of July. And to me, that if you're going to celebrate anyone else's holidays, you should be celebrating your own holidays a lot more. And what I'm going to do because I feel like I'm not going to be one that complains about it. I'm purposely with some folks that I talked to um, about the catastrophe that was um, Juneteenth. Because we do celebrate Juneteenth um, on weekends. But we don't celebrate it on that day. A lot of yeah. times, folks, if it don't fall on a weekend, it's like, shit, we're going to just celebrate it the week, you know, the weekend before. Yeah. The 19th comes, niggas will post about it, but there's nothing. We're going to organize to make sure that there is a celebration. Yeah, nobody's taking off work for Juneteenth. And we should be. That's what I'm saying. Right, 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 yeah, right. Yeah, I get what and you're and saying. I agree with you. And I'm going to force Negroes to start pushing that ante to be like, June 19th, this is our day. Because we have to start, if we truly want to be free, and I think this idea of freedom is tangible in a yeah. way, but at the same time, it's so far in essence because when we have the ability to know the truth, to walk in the truth and just not identify to the things that we've always identified with because it just doesn't make any sense. We don't ever move in that. And so when it's like 4th of July, it's like, well, shit, we don't celebrate. Yeah. Well, why? And I don't think that you got to go back and forth with folks to argue about why. It's just a fact. We weren't free. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's it. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. And they weren't talking about us. And every last human being who signed the Declaration of Independence was a slave owner. Say that one more time. <laughs> we from the talk, Take that in. The preamble, if you, if you ever go over the document, is that we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. Yet every single human being who signed the Declaration of Independence was a slave owner. So when you say that in context, let's go into this for a second. Negro, that doesn't mean you. You know what I'm saying, Negro? You're celebrating a country that still had your people, your ancestors in bondage yeah. where it took another century to yeah. be able to fight for your freedoms and okay. even after that century, you still had more but, heartache but, but, and pain. But, but hold on to that because the important part is, is that it took a century for your ancestors to fight for your freedom, but we had to fight for theirs. The first one to die in the, the uh, yes, revolution, revolution was, a black, was, was man. a black man, Crispus Attucks. He was the first one to shed blood in the nation trying to free itself from British rule. So it took another century in order to fight for our own freedom, but we was the first one to die for this nation. Yes, yeah, for this nation. So and we fought in the American Revolution as fought well. Fought every war. Every war. It, 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 you know, there was, you know, hints of you can be free if you come pick up this, pick up this musket. Um, <laughs> you know, come on, get out here and fight yeah. for your freedom. And it's not a laughing matter, yeah, but, but, I, but I think truly we can't be taken seriously if we don't identify 
like the lies we were told were lies and we must live in truth. Well, well even taking a step further, shout out to Jeff Brown, OG Jeff Brown. And he gave me a definition some years ago, which I thought is so profound. Sorry. <coughs> said that the definition of a sucker mm. is an individual who has more love and respect for an individual or an entity than that individual or entity does for itself. So when you find somebody who's like, I'm going to love and respect and appreciate you more than you love, respect and appreciate yourself. That's a sucker. Black people want the United States of America to be a sucker. Wow. I want you to respect, to appreciate and love me more than I love, appreciate and respect myself. Yeah. I want you to recognize my holidays, though I don't. I want you to teach the history about me that I don't read. I want you to champion and herald the heroes that look like me, though I don't know them myself. Mm. I want the Uncle Sam to be Uncle Sucker. Mm. And because we're in that mentality and mindset that I'm not going to do the work. I don't know who these people are. I don't know my history. I don't know who, who, who the inventors of this and people who were leading the forefront of that. I don't know these pivotal dates in history that that was that moved the needle for the freedom and liberation, even to whatever degree we have now of, of the, the either the currently or the descendants of African slaves. I ain't doing none of that. I don't know nothing and I ain't doing nothing. But I want you to know it and I want you to do it. Stupid. So as long as we work under the mentality of we'll move forward when America's a sucker for us, when America's that simp for us, you know, yeah. <laughs> when America's that dude who's trying to turn that hoe into a housewife, yeah. that one who's trying to like, uh, uh, but, but, but I love her. Yeah. We want Uncle Sam to be that way for us. And that just ain't happening. It's just not going to happen. Um, you said something that was real. And going back to that for a second, those folks that signed that declaration yeah. of independence were exactly who you said they were. They were slave owners. Yeah, every last one of them. So we're celebrating slave owners' proclamation to being free in America. Mm -hmm. And not identifying that we weren't free is um, a callous to <clears throat> the fight for reparations. When we talk about the new fight of now a lot more brothers and sisters standing and saying well run 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 the numbers yeah you know what i'm saying let's see to, what that look like give me some ballpark yeah, yeah yeah we need to see what's popping you yeah. know we need a little bit of the, the 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 mule and the acres and when we continue to exist in it and not resist in it right yeah. it's almost like well y'all niggas is just going ahead talking about what we owe you but most of your niggas was running around here with american flag t-shirts yeah that don't even sound like a, an argument that you can have with me because you're participating in everything that's American. You want me to be a sucker. You want me to care more about your history, more about your people's pain, you do. and more about settling up. Then you do. Then you do. Hell no. Nah. Like, that, <laughs> like, that becomes the biggest tote and fight that we have, and it's between ourselves. Yeah. Right. And and that's just one of the silly Negro things, silly Negro things that I've seen, silly Negro shit. And, and, and on a, a one other one, you know, just stretching from that, you yeah. know, because we can go all night about the whole Fourth of July thing. Yeah. Was something I see. I, 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 folks send me shit all the time. Right. And shout out to everybody that sends me videos. Sometimes I watch them. Sometimes I just don't even want to deal with it because there's so many things that people send me. Yeah. I got sent this video. I don't know if you've seen it, but I was happening. I want to believe it happened in uh, the Disneyland in Anaheim, right? 
uh, OG act a fool with the family at, at, at Toontown. I don't know if it was. <laughs> I believe it was family members. Yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, I think they were all. Yeah, it was all It was all people. I don't know if they were related, all, but yeah, they it was people. random. So, I, so I believe they, they're they're all family members, but they we for sure know they all knew each other. Yeah. An incident that's now going viral, um, and it's the silly Negro shit like number one on on the borderline of number ones in a long time that I've just seen. It was the man getting spit at by the woman, punching a woman, another man coming to save her, and then the guy turns around punches another woman who I guess was the the whatever boyfriend grandma, or, or whatever. I don't she know. She went down too. Grandma was on the little wa- rascal and she got it. Yeah, and she it fell just, down and was laid women out. Women were getting hit by Negroes. Yeah. Babies were crying and it was a plum scene of just ignorance, stupidity, no police around, of course. Slowest response time, which for Disneyland is crazy. Wild. Because I'm sidebar to that. I know some folks who've worked out of there. And it was an issue where uh, a dude was having a heart attack. And because they were so fearful of what that image of somebody having a heart attack would look like to kids, they came through like men in black. They came through. They sent the two, like a couple of Disney characters to distract the kids while the medical team came, boo, snatched up homie, got him in a propped up position where he looked okay. while they ran interference with another group, got dude out there to medical attention. And so the kids weren't the wiser. Like they move quick when they want to. When they want to, and what this video has done is move quick on the internet. Yeah, and it's just basically showed another scene of ignorant, silly nigger shit. And again, I will say that I denounce the behavior of any man touching any woman for any circumstances, and I also will denounce the behavior of ignorance that does not put the black eye to our people because everyone unfortunately has ignorant moments yeah. all cultures yeah. it's unfortunate that it seems like a lot more negro shit gets thrown viral yeah. and thrown out there but this i guess in particular this video really made me want to just throw up because why with all that we face do we continue to align ourselves with this kind of ignorance behavior and a simple fact to me, why, if you know people like this, family member or not, brings you to this place where you have to show this ignorance side of you, why are you even around on Earth? At the happiest place they <laughs> happiest say on, place Earth. on Earth. I don't believe it because I mean, it takes, just, it's a lot of money that you're spending at the yeah. happiest place on Earth. And then the simple fact that it normalizes behavior that will soon be your child's behavior and this is the kind of ignorance that has been plaguing our community so seeing this video shows again what's happening in our community this silly negro behavior has um transferred and been a transmitted disease to why our young people are coming out the way they're coming out because what they're seeing is shit that's been sensationalized yeah. because it's gone viral yeah. so it's been sensationalized yeah. now folks are laughing about it folks are commenting about it um, we're not saying you know this we don't need to share this shit motherfuckers is all having laughs about it and it's also created another bad image for black people yeah. because in this day and age it don't matter what we do, right, yeah. to keep us on a higher level, we're always going to look and be seen as more ignorant as everybody else with videos like this. Yeah, because if you're black, you're the representative for the people. And if you excel at being black, you're an anomaly. 
So if, if there's somebody who's educated and, and articulate and, and a great analytical thinker, great attorney, great engineer, great scientist or whatever, you're supposed to be the neo, the Morpheus of the group. You're supposed to be the anomaly that, that does not fit the norm. Instead of it being the other way, with this fool over here acting a fool to Disneyland, if that was the norm, there'd be videos like this every week. Yeah, it's not the norm. That he's the anomaly. That family's the anomaly. Uh, the anomaly. But for a lot I of guess people, the ignorant behavior, but the ignorant behavior has become the norm. Well, what it is is that you you kind of you hedge your bets and you pick your pick pick your spots. And so if we kill this this dumb stuff with this world star era. Where we decided that we wanted to become celebrities by doing by on taking on a major platform doing this dumb stuff. That's what it is. So then we champion, herald, and and showcase the ignorance. ignorant stuff within the community because every day there's some kid who's cracking the. Right now there's somebody working on coding. Right now somebody's trying to be an engineer. Right now somebody's studying for medical school. Right now somebody's studying for the bar. Right now you know what I'm saying like there there's the black people trying to be chief surgeon. Trying all this all the time. We don't hold them up. We don't elevate and, and and make those people the household name and make those people the give them the weight in in the. It's know, not entertaining, dog. Yeah, but I'm saying nothing's so, entertaining about coding. So the, those <laughs> other people the, who are doing the ignorant stuff, it's entertaining. They may not. They don't. They don't represent the majority. They just represent the majority highlighted. You know what I'm saying? So if you sit there and say, okay, well. In this room, we've got 10 people and 10 people just act a freaking fool. You know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. So we're going to keep the cameras on these 10 people acting a fool all day. If you watch the 30 minute program of 10 fools acting a fool highlights, you think that's all that happened in the room. Because the 90 people sitting there reading books, reading magazines and sitting off by themselves, you don't even see them. You know, we, we highlight and we have to remember there are people who can't wait to get this stuff to put it out there. Like. They bury their stories. Asians act a fool. Asians don't post Asians acting a fool. It's not as entertaining as black people acting a fool. We do everything. I mean, I mean, we do, you know, we're more entertaining. And, and, you know, I hope that the proper lesson is being um, served and the proper lesson is, you know, um, stay away from negative energy. You know, there's no reason for you in any particular uh, way to spit on a person or to hit a person. Um, that doesn't deserve to be hit. And, you know, with men, it's, 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 it's a, a, you know, we walk on a tight rope when it comes to uh, domestic violence. You know, and yeah. I, I speak very uh, real about that because, you know, it's affected my family and you can't do it. You can't put your hands on women and you have to walk away. You got to go ahead. And don't be spitting on people either. It, but no, that's what I mean. Yeah. You can't spit. But at the same time, you got to be able to walk away. I just have to say that, you know, to your point about what we highlight it's sad that there's so much good that is going on yeah yeah that that is not getting highlighted and we uh go crazy and we kind of uh ignite the fire when we see ignorant re- behavior like that where we're again normalizing it we're sensationalizing it and we're bringing it to the forefront because I never shared the video. Like I said, I got it sent to me. Someone, so I looked at little. I said, "This is crazy." Yeah, I just watch them. And I share if I if I watch them, I just yeah yeah leave you know, it at even that. if and then I just spoke upon it real quick just to kind of identify it. As I said, it's silly ass Negro shit, and this is what motherfuckers do. And we cannot sit there and sit by our TVs, 
our computers, our cell phones, and watch it and share it and salute it because that's what we're doing. Yeah, it, it likes over everything. And going on with that, like how we highlighted the beginning of the podcast, somebody. Like, I picked the month of July. I can highlight through social media different people who I've met personally who had a positive impact on my life. I've seen that. And just for the sole reason, uh, some of them, put in the quote, some of them may or may not know. Yeah. And for some of them, it was like, oh, man, you're always looking out, whatever. For some of them, it was completely left field. Yeah. They're like, I didn't even know that, that you was even rocking with me like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it about stressing about giving folks their flowers while they being here and making gratitude popular and, and making being gracious and showing appreciation it's okay like it's just a, you know, it's it just really a hashtag is. it's okay to appreciate like uh, if you can highlight a woman it doesn't mean you're trying to sleep with her you can highlight a dude don't mean you're dick riding you can sit there and say that because <laughs> that's what we do oh, oh you caping for her oh, you're trying to get some yeah. or if it's a dude oh you over here dick riding you over no it's perfectly all right to hold up each other and to support what we do and to to show that it's that we appreciate the value that people bring and we have too much of the people acting a fool out here in the world to, to not see the need to, to highlight the people who are doing well. Uh, one gentleman in particular who, who should be getting, who his legacy is starting to be cemented. Now he's starting to get more credit for this. Um, back in the day, you know, you had guys like uh, Dr. J Mm-hmm. And, and guys who made the game exciting, Oscar Robertson. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got guys like Magic Johnson. That Magic Larry Bird battle is what what just made it the NBA national. Yeah, saved the NBA. Yeah, it, it made it just national news, national coverage. You know, the flashy black dude originally from Detroit, but representing LA. You know, with the fur coats and, and the sunglasses against the farm boy, you know, white boy from with none of the flash. You're supposed to be, you know, Americana from, from yeah. <laughs> you know, from Indiana and, and the, the all black Lakers, the all white Celtics that that made the NBA national in the 80s. Then you had Michael Jordan who came around and made the game global. Yes. Where he took game and put it on levels and platforms that no one had ever thought the game of basketball would be from selling hot dogs and soda to to underwear to shoes to cereal and everything else uh everybody wanted to be like mike yes sir and to where now we have a a a gentleman whom he's starting to get his just due now but ultimately especially 10 20 years from now he will be he changed the trajectory and the whole system of free agency. Yes. Not since the days of a uh, Kurt flood mm. who, who, who changed the game on free agency and professional sports has uh, LeBron done for not even for will just be for basketball, but will be for, for sports, you know, in general, the shorter years, Yes. you know, um, player mobility, player mobility. When he did it, the decision was, was frowned upon and looked at all crazy yeah, and, and booed and, and and whatnot. Now is not only become a staple for yeah. for guys betting on themselves. It's become the black blueprint. But it, it and and even a step further, it has completely shifted the trajectory and power and influence to the players. Mm. You know, and that was the biggest argument that you had a league that was so predominantly black. But none of the ownership at top was, yeah. with the exception of Michael Jordan as a majority owner. That was it. 
you know, you had guys who have pieces of teams, you know, 5% here, 10% here, but, you know, it's just more of just shareholders. But uh, what LeBron did through the decision, which is which then opened the door for Kevin Durant with Golden State, which then really shifted what all these guys are doing now, kind of controlling their own destiny and fate. Um, that's the type of activity and, and type of um, control you want to have over your own yes. life. Yes. And to get behind the wheel and, and to say that I'm not just going to take what you're going to give me. The old days, you wanted eight years at whatever amount of money Man. just so you can be locked into a guaranteed check. Now you got guys who say, nah, give me four. Yes. Give me four or three with an option on the fourth. Pay me this amount of money and then we'll talk in two. Exactly. And you got a guy like Kawhi Leonard who one man held the league. I ain't gonna say he held him hostage. Oh, he held, but, I, I'll but, say he held him. But hostage. he held him. He held him frozen. Yeah. And you know, changed the skate, the the landscape of a half dozen teams, both conferences, shifted the odds. Uh, uh, I mean, just 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 an amazing and, and, and astounding. That's a credit to his work ethic, to his talent and his ability. And I think as years go by, like I said, LeBron, he's still playing, so they ain't gonna fully Shoot. love you because because he's still on the court. Yeah. But I think ten years removed. Uh, they'll really he'll, he'll really start to be spoken in those circles the way that he should be. The LeBron factor, and what's going into what you said as you broke it on down, um, another iconic figure that changed the game um, in the midst of the Magic's and the Birds, and we talk about the globalness of um, you know Michael Jordan as well as you know the iconic player empowerment um, of LeBron James is players being able to be themselves, Island Iverson era, and yeah. I say that because the nuance of what corporate uh, America wanted, you know, black athletes to look at like in a certain way, in a certain degree. Allen Iverson denounced all that. Allen Iverson looked like us. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And not saying that these other players did it. Yeah. Because, you know, you, of course, you had the Julius Irving days and you had the, the Afros and things of that nature. Yeah. There was a whole nuance um, from the music, um, from the look, from the swagger that when Allen Iverson came and really broke uh, 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 the surface for what we see now as now tradition, kind of like a who, cooler NBA look outside of having to be a professional, right? Yeah. Michael Jack, Michael Jordan, excuse me, Magic Johnson, you know, there were the the um, incomparable professionals, right? The <laughs> suit, the tie, the smile. It was like that professional Negro look, right? You know, this yeah. is what these guys would have to look well, like. I would I would say more when you got to the Michael era. If you go back to where the, the, the 80s, these dudes look like they were gym teachers, how they used to show up to work. Right. Like it because the uniform wasn't an issue until it was an issue. Well, some of these brothers really were gym teachers because That's what I'm the saying. NBA, yeah, yeah. Some of these the NBA money wasn't the way it was. Yeah, yeah. Michael but, was a global brand, and he was Michael J. I, I will give you credit that Allen Iverson brought hip hop to the NBA yeah. in its essence. Michael Jordan had folks stepping their suit game up. Yeah, but but but, 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 but again, Iverson had them bringing the gold chains and the tattoos. Yeah, and, and, and but that's that. what I'm saying. But what Michael Jordan did wasn't really who we all were as a young person coming up. I was a young adolescent. I wasn't worried about no damn suit. I was wearing the hip hop gear. I was in the trend of what hip hop was, where Michael Jordan, though he appealed and, and I believe I can fly. And of course, them shoes were um, nothing short to being um, hip hop in all ways. What Allen Iverson did has continued to be what the face of the NBA is from tattoos to cornrows or to different hairstyles 
um, NBA players really stepping out in a way where they're embracing their outside, right? Because before you would have them conforming to business, this is how you have to look, to now, well, shoot, I don't want to wear suits and ties all day. That's not what my gear is. Yeah, well, Allen Iverson got the dress code. He's, he's yeah, got, yeah, you got the one reason why they got the dress code. Yeah, so he was because like I said, it wasn't an issue. It was an issue. You had dudes dressed whatever. He got it. The fact that one man had an entire league in, in implement a dress code. Yeah. Like they was like, can't wear no chains outside your clothes. Mm. Can't do this, this, and this, 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 and this. And now they've gone back to this, being a little bit more, this a lot, lot loose. This is why I would go back more. And I give Allen Iverson that nod for, for the jump off in the sense that he had an entire league and all these teams come together to put forth a rule for the dress code. LeBron it shifted back over to they don't stress the dress code anymore. Because well, a it's not a big deal culturally. Just just it's, well, they it's, don't feel the fear. Allen Iverson yeah. made you feel the thugs was going to be coming to your doorstep. But go yeah, ahead. so part of it is, is that they just don't care as much anymore. And dealing with uh, player control now, that's not the fight they want. There, there, there's a different kind. So of like where they're at now is they're they're just like we we are dealing with a different uh, beast. Players are just feel way more empowered. You're, you're not going to dictate like you could 20 years ago. Because LeBron James, and I was, I'm going back into that, don't try, because I wanted to give the, I had to throw in Iverson yeah. to kind of like, because I, when I look at iconic figures in NBA, Magic, I mean, no disrespect to the Julius Irvings and uh, um, Kareem's and to Lou Alcindor's. I'm just saying from my perspective, it's your Magic Bird, you got um, the Jordan, you got Iverson, and you got LeBron. And the reason why we're going into the LeBron situation, and we go back into the 2009, the decision, there were multiple folks from media figures to the um, fanatic fan that looked at what LeBron James did, the way he staged it, how he had a press conference, even though the money he made off the press conference, who the hell makes money off a press conference, right? Right. Um, he gave back to the Boys and Girls Club the simple fact that he made a decision for his own career. They looked at that as career suicide. They looked at it as disrespectful. They looked at it as him basically not following the status quo. Who would have ever thought that 2009 decision will now be looked at as the black blueprints for what free agency and player empowerment looks like? I say that because in content to before LeBron James, who started off with the Cleveland Cavaliers, his basically home team um, coming out of high school, who had um, the chosen one pretty much branded on him since he was a, 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 an eighth grade basketball player. Right. Um, and bypassing the NBA. And I'm believing that his class was the last class that was able to kind of you know, go from high school to the NBA as they switch throughout the rules that you got to at least do one year as a, um, as a freshman in college before you can go into the NBA. You had a player that in before times would have never dared not tell the owner if he decided to go change another team because he was a free agent at that particular time, right? Yeah. He not only did not tell his ownership, he made a stand to where he created what some folks will say, the um, second version of the super, NBA super team. And when we talk about super teams, there were the, the Lake, there were the Lakers, there were the Celtics. But we're literally talking about a super team where these free agents came and said, "We're going to kind of 
uh, put our ground and soak it here, which is the Miami Heat. Boston was the original super team, but Boston, I believe, it was a um, free agency. You had some trades that happened. Kevin Garnett, um, Kevin Garnett, you had Paul Pierce, and you had um, Ray Allen coming together. With what LeBron did with his best friend D. Wade and Pat Riley orchestrating, as well as Chris Bosh, set a precedence of a player of that magnitude doing it the way he did. And it was hated upon. Now it is embraced and it's now culture. The empowerment that LeBron James has proceeded to show us is literally revolutionary in a way to where you don't have that kind of power with black athletes in the NFL. It's not even heard of in baseball because black athletes are not engaged in baseball. But in no other sport aside to boxing where you see a man like we look at Floyd Mayweather that has decided to not only gamble on himself but make the decisions because as the decision we talk about is one thing. He stayed in Miami, had a good four-year run, went back to Cleveland, got a title, and left Cleveland again and said, I'm going to Lakers. That, my brother, is what you call having your own destiny and pushing it forward. Yeah, one guy, uh, a part that gets left out of the story a lot when it pertains to the decision is somebody who also took what he wanted and put it, you know, uh, took control of the wheel was Carmelo Anthony. Because uh, the original three was supposed to be Dwayne Wade, LeBron, and Carmelo in Miami. Mm-hmm. But instead of making that deal and rolling the dice, Carmelo took the check. So he took the money from New York instead of giving himself the option out to go to Miami. So Chris Bosh was the Johnny Gill in New Edition. He was <laughs> Chris Bosh was the second choice for, for, for the big three. But I don't think that that changes the, the – I think that still just cements the idea of player – Control, because even though he didn't make the move to go to Miami with the three of them to play for a ring, he made the decision of wanting money. He said, "I can get a bigger check here, and I'm gonna go ahead and get this payday." And who thought? And, and, and really, to and, be honest with you, hindsight being 2020, you never thought that New York would ever reach to the goals because when you looked at the team, Amari Stoudemire was still there. Um, you know, the franchise wasn't in the dumps as it is right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. I, I just know a lot of people. He gets left out. Yeah, well, there's a lot of people just because, because he's no longer in the league and yeah, you know, but he I mean, hasn't reached to that potential. I think it's still the okay. same. I, I still put it in the same vein in the sense of Dwayne Wade deciding what he wanted to do with his along with his friend. Chris Bosh deciding to, to come down and, and change positions and, and take a different role, all yeah. making a decision for himself. And then Carmelo, even though he didn't make the trip, he still made a choice for himself. As well as and it's it, opened the doors for like guys like KD. Um, you know, to go to the Warriors and then, you know, when we talk about this free agency and, you know, we don't talk sports as much on this show. But the reason why we're talking about it, because it's attached to the empowerment and it's attached to the ideas that we've um, say should be manifested and we're watching it manifest. What does it look like? With black people having power and with black people being in control. And in this sport that we're talking about, um, the great game of basketball, where there is a, the majority rules is black players in here. And of course, the majority rules is ownership uh, that are white men. And there's only one African-American out of all these teams, out of 32 teams, there's one owner. Um, and it's Michael Jordan for the Charlotte Hornets. You don't have... That distinguished idea that these Negroes have power until 2009, LeBron's now not only saying this is what I'm going to do, but just like you said, 
I'm going to do these short-term deals for a high amount of money, and I'm going to check with you in two years. You know what I'm saying? Since the NBA decided to say, you know what? We're going to give you the rookie salary. We'll check with you in three years because what was happening is there were rookies signing these deals off of potential. So a rookie could sign a six-year, seven, eight-year deal, and they either be a bust or, you know, the rookie would say, damn, I should have signed a little bit more. But for whatever yeah. reason. Teams the, had to eat that. If they bust, had to eat and that. And they were more bust than, than bust. Than it was, was when it was the LeBrons, yeah. right? Well, now, you said it before. Like, these guys are not um, doing these 10-year uh, uh, deals w- without these clauses, right? They're doing these four, three-year, two-year deals with clauses like, well, you know, I don't want to go get traded. Where you look at the Kawhi Leonard situation, a guy that just won MVP, a guy that was the biggest free agent aside to Kevin um, Kevin Durant because Durant got injured, so you Kawhi falls into the free agent yeah. like LeBron was last year, where you had him wait, wait, and in the behind the scenes where everyone was saying he's going to either go to his team that he won with the Raptors or he's going to hook up with LeBron and Anthony Davis, the Lakers. He ends up having a power move, not only going to the Clippers, but also making Paul George force the Oklahoma Thunder to trade him to L.A., a place he could have signed for in free agent. And we're not talking about the L.A. Lakers. We're talking about the L.A. Clippers. That, my friend, shows me the power of the athletes when they utilize their power for too long black athletes have been the doormat and when we talk about the doormat they have been used they've been misplaced and when i talk about uh, uh the loyalty that you have to have for yourself not the game we look at isaiah thomas the uh, uh the point guard that formerly played for the sacramento kings that on the t- tip of his his um her epic uh, MVP season that he didn't get MVP, but averaged almost 30 points with the Boston Celtics that had a shoulder injury, right? And um, decided to play and got more injured and could have signed a max contract afterwards to get traded. He's in the land of the abyss. Those are the reasons why players have to have the magnitude to take the power because these owners do not give a shit about you. You're cattle. So when I see LeBron James doing this, um, from the standpoint of 10 years later, look at the decision from 2009, what it's done for players' mobility. I congratulate that. I salute that. And I understand it so well because this is the kind of idea that has to be placed in every fact of life for black people. If we are the talent that they're paying for, we must, if we don't own it, we must have as much control of whatever entity we're in as the people that are building the foundation yeah because you'll start to see way more of uh these deals now will become standard and the whole uh what is it they say that all the tide lifts all boats to a degree this has been true with these guys because you have guys that there is no way on the planet is tobias harris worth a 10 million dollars worth 180 million dollars Within $10 million of Clay Thompson, we talk about value in the league as a position and as a player. There are a lot of dudes who are drastically benefiting from from this player mobility and then the idea of, okay, well, now we have to – these players can go where they want. They can make decisions and link up that have nothing to do with us. It's not tampering for players to talk to one another. So if we don't start snatching dudes up, getting dudes under contract, making stuff happen – uh, we're going to lose all control. 
So you, you'll start to see way more of this happening. And then you'll see an offset because the NFL had the issue where they were signing out all these big, huge uh, bonuses to rookies. And when they went to the next uh, Players Association meeting, when they went back to the table to restructure their contract, they dropped dropped all that major money up front and gave the players stuff that they had been asking for for years on the back end. So when they go back up for this conversation for the NBA, there'll be something similar. There's there's no way that they're just going to sit back and just let these reins run wild. So it'd be interesting to see what the players, how many of them still band together, because there's you know they've been having grievances and stuff that they wanted for years. I'd be interested to see how many of them uh, fold and give up potential control in order to if if they don't all stay united. Well, I think that one thing also we have to um, connect is how LeBron James within um this this league has been making these chess moves so when Kawhi decided he didn't want to come to be a Laker I'm sure he was LeBron wasn't upset he laughed at it because LeBron's like yo I gave this dude the black blueprints and he just utilized it to its fullest degree not only did he um wait us out but he didn't allow us to get better in the forefront because we waited on him we could have got a you know more for our buck right but what 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 I feel is so profound is how He's able to go to each organization. And the reason why he left Miami was because he wasn't able to get the power that he has assumed in Cleveland. And now that he's um, adjusted to in um, L.A. And I say that because what LeBron's done is he's created this super, um, you know, agency clutch sports. Right. Where LeBron isn't allegedly, you know. Uh, owner in it but those guys that he came up with are the ones that own clutch sports so you already know that the the it's it's already in check how anthony davis was a clutch sports uh um you know saying client and now anthony davis is on the lakers so that by itself to me is like so ingenious because what they're doing is they're running the same game on these owners. Like they figured out and what has been the Achilles heel for the Negro. And when we're talking about the 4th of July, these motherfuckers don't love us, right? They don't love us. I know that I am a talent. I know that I am a breadwinner and understanding that I'm going to utilize that and I'm going to make it work for me and my people. First of all, I'm going to get all my boys in. Second of all, I'm going to show other players that come behind me that we can be empowered and I'm going to do things a little bit different. I'm not going to be the most liked and folks might not even get it. But when it's all said and done, they'll understand it. And that's what I love, because who would have ever been able to see some of the maneuvers that um, not only LeBron has done as being more than an athlete, being a global icon for not only the sport, but outside of the sports in a way Michael Jordan was, but in a different tone where Michael Jordan was about Jordan. And of course, he branded Team Jordan. But LeBron James has been more about empowerment. And not only what I'm going to do is speak upon social issues because I have that platform, but I'm going to show you guys how we maneuver and how we're up on these owners, these owners who have a lot of these sports um, franchises as their 13th 14th hobby and income. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they ain't tripping like that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, a lot of them not billionaires and ain't got nothing to do with sports. Billionaires ain't tripping off billions, right? Not one bit. So, I mean, I think that we can sit there and highlight guys like LeBron and hopefully that 
like I said, they hope, I, I, what I would love to see is that this is a, uh, just simply the launching pad where they use the, the more income and the player mobility to where you start to see more black owners and you start to see uh, a shift at the top that way. That it's not just, you know, players moving, but you start seeing some of these old heads getting moved out and you start seeing the top reflect the court. You know, I, I think that 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 would be the next phase. Then again, I wouldn't be surprised if they just blow it all up once it gets to two point. And just tell us to go ahead and start over somewhere else. Uh, I, you know, I think that um, this move is necessary. You know, when we look at all of, or the overall as we kind of like break down these ideas of. Um, you know, people that we should be highlighting and things that we normalize in our society, um, something that's uncommon. Again, someone sacrificing, if we've seen that before, but with the sacrifice, actually seeing the fruits. So with LeBron James's sacrifice, he's actually seeing the fruits because we would have never been able to deal with the rhetoric and all of the uncontrollable and deniable threats that he got because he just stood up like a black man in a place where it was uncommon and says, I'm going to take my destiny in my own hand. I don't have loyalty for you. I have loyalty for myself and my family. And I think by doing that, that has opened up a new door. It looked at as a new uh, a nuance of, of entrepreneurship, of empowerment that now has been you know, spread within a league. And I'm hoping that it spreads in our community. And when we look at the whole balance of what we're talking about in our show and what we're trying to you know, speak to our people, it's it's time for us to empower ourselves and do for self. If we don't look at this black blueprint as the way of how we should navigate in this cruel world and this is a society that continuously tells us, hey, guess what? Don't be proud of being African-American, but you can be proud to be gay. You can be proud to, uh, you know, pledge uh, uh, allegiance. You can be proud about Independence Day, even though you weren't independent. It speaks volumes to who we need to be and what we're going to do when those brothers and sisters who have access and have power start taking back power. All it does is it, it empowers citizens and normal folks like us to take back power as well. So I salute that. Always important hearing these insightful words from you there, there, sir. Where can people find you online to get more riveting conversation like this? Barry Axios on Facebook as well as Twitter and on IG. And make sure if you haven't, please, we've been open for three months and a few days now. Hidden Gems Thrift Store 2245 Florin Road Suite 12. We are open every day except Monday. Check us out. Come get it. You know what we did? We sold a hundred and a dress that was one hundred and forty-four dollars for only fifteen bucks. There you go. That's a great. That's good thrifting. That is. I'm Jermaine Morris on Facebook. Every other social media platform is at J Morris CEO. It's been the Say Something Podcast, and until next show, yeah, we will holler at you later. Holla.